welcome to the launch sequence, your comedy podcast about adulting, millennials, and the life of a soon-to-be ex-college student. We're coming to you live from the music building here at Westmont College. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Anthony. Hello, everyone. On this episode of the podcast, we do an actual launch sequence, we try out for the BBC, and confuse our over 30 audience with some talk about social media. All right, before we get to the meat of the show, it's time for the 10-second check-in. Micah, due to recent budget cuts, we only have 10 seconds to tell me about your week. So, ready, set, go. I did not have a lot of motivation this week, which was terrible, because I didn't have a particularly heavy workload. I just didn't want to do any of... All right, Andrew, because monologuing always spells the end of supervillains, you only have 10 seconds to tell me about your week. Ready, set, go. So I'm pretty sure lack of motivation is contagious throughout a room because I also didn't have a lot of motivation this week, and yet I had tests, so I was working on some papers for a class, which never really got done to the last Stop. minute. Next up, our recurring section, Ramen and Rhyme, featuring the first... And last time, Micah uses his literature major in a semi-professional capacity. We have each written a poem with the same title. We have not yet heard each other's poems. We will read them out loud and interpret them on the fly. Poetry is subjective and all that. Sometimes, the title of this week's poems is Social Media. Click, like, tap, swipe, upvote, reblog, tweet, retweet, comment, and reply. It's all so exhausting, click, like, tap, swipe. How do you keep upvote, reblog, every minute a new tweet to retweet, 140 new characters to comment and reply? Click, like, tap, swipe, upvote, reblog, tweet, retweet, comment, and reply. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You know, what I really like about the poem is that last portion, because as a comedy podcast, we really need people <laughs> to subscribe and give us an upvote on iTunes. We've got one one uh, one review so far, so I really appreciate you reaching out to our audience and connecting and just building a community here on this podcast. That's, that's definitely the point of this poem about social media. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Social media. They want it on my resume. No, not the hours scrolling by, pictures on Plato's cave walls, the forms of a stranger's life without the essence. No, they want to know that I'm hip and cool, a marketing genius, their token millennial. As I scroll down, two fingers sliding up almost automatically, forgetting what I came here for. And I realize I'm not sure what I seek to find on this digital resume. Hmm... I really liked, uh, this is the most obvious one, but the image of the, the Plato's cave from, like, the first stanza, which is, like, a really interesting way of thinking about social media. Like, it is, it is shadows of a life cast upon this wall that other people are looking at without actually seeing the thing that casts the shadow. That's a, that's a very... Uh, appropriate application of an existing metaphor to a new circumstance that I really appreciate. We're a comedy podcast, but occasionally Andrew starts writing poetry and decides to get really deep. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't have a joke there. That was just clever and, and good. <laughs> All right. One of the great tensions in journalism is who and what to cover. What deserves our attention? 
how to cover topics deeply and respectfully. Hmm, yes. So, it's time to ignore those deep questions and cover topics that only appear on C-SPAN 8. Welcome to a segment we're calling This Just In. Little does our audience know that Mike and I are reporters for the College News Network. The network is a unique organization where their field reporters do not know their assignments before they go live. So join us on this edition of the College News Network. I'm Peter Pundit. For our next story, we turn to our freshman in philosophy correspondent, Ian McFingerton. Ian, break down the story for us. All right. So, like, the students were sitting in class, and the professor said something profound about the nature of evil. And then there was this collective... (gasps) From, like... Eight of the students present (laughs) who immediately began scribbling furiously in their notebooks while everyone else stared blankly at the PowerPoint and tried to figure out if this was important enough to be on the midterm. Thank you, Ian. For our next story, we turn to our Laundry Day correspondent, I Warn It, twice. Tell us, what's happening, I Warn It? All right, so uh, reports are coming in that uh, the students have not washed, collectively, the entire student body has not washed an article of clothing in about three months because they're in school and they have far more important things to worry about, like making sure they sleep sometimes, even though that doesn't happen. And uh, laundry is just, it takes so much time and it's its so low on the priority list. I mean, your, your future does not depend on when Thank you're wearing you, I warn it. For our next story, we turn to our older brother correspondent, is not my fault. Mr. My Fault, what's the story? You know, we have reports coming in from uh, all over the country of younger brothers starting protests and marches over uh, what they call uh, a lack of recognition for their contributions. Now, the older brother coalition immediately started saying that is, uh, you know, these claims are completely unfounded and that uh, we, in fact, uh, give you your fair share of uh, blame and responsibility. Uh, But, of course, Of course, they have said that that is not at all what they're talking about and accused the Older Brother Coalition of twisting their words. The parent coalition has uh, not yet commented. Mm. Thank you for that report. My fault. For our next story, we turn to the holiday dinner table conversation correspondent, Lieutenant Paul Disinherited. Lieutenant Disinherited is, is a graduate student in religion, politics, and Facebook post. Lieutenant Disinherited, break down the story for us. Yes, well, uh, most recent reports coming out of holiday dinner tables everywhere have stated that the number of young people being disinherited over political beliefs has increased at least 4,000% in the past six months. We have no idea why. Thank you, Lieutenant Disinherited. For our final story, we turn to our dating correspondent, Michelle, oh shoot, here she comes. Tell us, oh shoot, here she comes. What's the story? 
Yes, uh, we are uh, on the scene where a freshman in the dining hall just walked past his crush. Now, he uh, reports are, are uh, unclear at present, but he apparently uh, turned bright red, attempted to say something smooth, babbled for a few incoherent syllables, and then turned around and ran off. Now, we haven't found him yet, but initial reports say he may be hiding under a desk or crying softly in his bedroom. Thank you, oh shoot, here she comes. Well, this has been my shift. We turn over now to our junior correspondent, Paul McNewslady. <laughs> we turn now to our fellow correspondent, Michael McNewsman. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Peter. <clears throat> uh, now, uh, I will first take us to our gas station food correspondent, Sure It's Fresh Grumble Stomach. <clears throat> uh, Sure It's Fresh, uh, why don't you, uh, tell us what's going on out there? Well, thank you so much. Today, there was a incident within the minivan on the Olsen family's long drive across the state. Mr. Olson has ensured the family that the snacks and food he bought from that sketchy-looking gas station were, in fact, fresh. However, sources say that, stu- uh, that the Olson children began vomiting violently with inside the car. Experts wonder how long will this continued behavior go on before Mom cracks and just buys some Krispy Kreme. Back to you. Oh, that sounds like a dangerous scene out there. Be careful, sure it's fresh. We will turn next to our midterms correspondent, Kathy Allnighter. Kath, tell us what the students are up to. Oh, uh, it's, it's chaos out here. <laughs> students are ripping apart the textbooks. <laughs> They're trying to cram the knowledge literally into their head through their ear canal. Anything to get that last bit of information in. They haven't studied all semester. They've just been, they've just been, I don't even know what they've been doing. Remember, kids, your self-worth is tied to your grades. All right, we will turn next to our British teen wizard correspondent, Farthingdale Butterscotcher. <laughs> Mr. Butterscotcher, tell us what's going on. There's a current lawsuit in the works between famed wizard Harry Potter and new breakout author Jimmy Wand. See, Jimmy Wand recently wrote a book about his defeat of the Dark Lord, which Harry Potter says steals deeply from his particular brand of work. Experts say muggles are involved. Muggles? Yikes, that sounds terrifying. What's a muggle? We will uh, ignore that question and turn to our sleeping-in-class correspondent, Heavy Eyelid Boring Prof. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Boring Prof, tell us what the situation is over there. Oh, 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 uh, I don't don't know the answer. Oh, 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 hello. Um, Well, uh, as you can see, this is a... History of medieval cooking class. And they're going over something about potatoes, I think. But that's post-Columbian exchange. Oh, I'm going to have to cut you off. I'm receiving reports that our viewership has just dropped by at least 15%. So we're going to turn now to our lazy teenager correspondent, Not Now Mom, five more minutes. Not Now Mom, uh, tell us what's going on. 
Recent conflicts have broken out between teens and their parents across the nation, as garbage has begun to stink terribly within the kitchen. The Coalition of Mothers Against Stinky Kitchens argues strongly that the job of their children is to take out the trash, and they ask them several times a day. Teenagers say things like, What am I, your slave? You're not my real mom! (laughs) And... (laughs) Various other rebellious comments. Experts wonder if it's just a phase. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Mr. Five More Minutes. Uh, We thank you for joining in on this broadcast of the College News Network. I'm... Paul McAnchorface. <laughs> and I'm Jimmy, we switched the names. <laughs> and this has been the, the College, College News Network. Network. <laughs> <laughs> what was my name again? I don't you remember. gave me a name. Okay, I, I don't remember it either. <laughs> I think it was like Michael Mc, like Angerton. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. But uh, Michael McAngerton, this is the College News Network. And see. <laughs> Well, this is the part of the show where we take listener questions and get a chance to soapbox as the jaded seniors we are. Welcome to a segment we're calling Sarcastic Senior Soapbox. Because we are so close to graduating, we must know something. This first question comes from Catherine, a recent graduate of Westmont. What food would you wrestle a bear for, Micah? Hmm. That's That's a good question. Um... I think I would wrestle a bear for, like, really, really good sushi. Okay. I would also lose that fight. (laughs) I'm not sure there's any bears native to Japan. They do eat salmon. That's true. They do eat salmon, like raw, as opposed to cooking it. (laughs) Um, I would wrestle a bear for, like... Unlimited creme brulee. Ooh. I might change my answer, guys. I might change my answer. Unlimited creme How does that work? I, I don't know. Maybe, like, there's an El Dorado, except it's creme brulee, and it's hidden somewhere in the French countryside. Hang on. I gotta go to France. <laughs> yes, we do, Micah. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, Andrew, tell me your best piece of writing advice. I think first, uh, read widely and steal um, techniques yeah. and imagery and, yeah, and, and kind of you know imitation as the are uh, as the highest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. So I think get an editor. So friends, yes. you know, yes, many drafts before you're willing to publish it. Let lots of people read your writing. Yeah, and maybe even before giving to someone, like sleep on it and then look at print it out. You see things in print mm-hmm. that you don't see in the paper, mm-hmm. um, and then mark it up, and then. Um, you know, remove brutally from the piece. Uh, you know, cut parts that really aren't necessary. Yeah. You'll probably have to cry a little bit um, while you're doing it. You know, taking apart your own writing is a painful there's, process. There's, there's a reason literary folks refer to that process as killing your darlings. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would say um, this is true for most pieces of writing, and I'm bad at it, but get to your point and then get out. Like... There is no reason to waste time or take things slowly. Like, say exactly what you need to say and then move on. I'm not good at that, but 
it's a thing you should do. It makes your writing much more bearable. Mm-hmm. It's particularly true for like an essay or an argument. It's particularly piece. true for uh, academic writing, but yeah. Um, this comes from uh, one of my brother's friends. What is the most rewarding thing about college? Hmm. I have made some of the closest relationships in my life here uh, at college. And I think that's that's a combination of, um, like, th- that's a combination of all of us living in the same place and living through the same experiences for the first time. Um, like, you know, this is a residential college, so almost all of us live here on campus. Um, and that is also, for most of us, the first time we are living for an extended period of time with people we're not related to. So, like, academics aside, that combination of circumstances makes uh, college friendships really uh, sort of uniquely strong in ways that um, other relationships uh, don't don't have. Would, would second everything about that, I think I would only add that one of the most rewarding parts of college is this, this constant learning that I feel like every class I take, my understanding of the world shifts and yeah. my, yeah. you know, the awareness of complexity, yeah. um, particularly like every year amps up. Um, and so I, I really think that's one of the most rewarding parts, um, particularly out of high school where you're like, this kind of is all, I'm just supposed to kind of memorize and repeat. And this mm-hmm. is like real inquiry, like asking deep. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a change to be able to focus and, and choose your own course of study as well. Um, which is a, a very rewarding change from high school. This, this question comes from our friend Catherine. Uh, after your 1,000th paper, is original thought possible? And how does that make you feel? I think actually we're going to disagree on this question, Micah, because I think truly original thought isn't possible, but thoughts that are new remixes of old ideas reapplied to context... Um, I I am skeptical that there is an idea that doesn't have that isn't just a reforming of older ideas into a new concept or adding something like uh, it depends on what you define as originality here because mm-hmm. um, I think you can have like an original perspective maybe on like a piece of literature like point out something that hasn't come before but if the question is like philosophically can I come up with a new understanding of the human soul. I'm not entirely sure that you can. Like, a lot of people have thought very deeply on some of these questions. So to get totally new perspectives, you kind of have to go pretty niche. Um, But how does that make me feel? I think I've come to terms with the fact that I come from a long and bright tradition of human thought. And that I, I choose to embrace that. That um, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. But I can make incremental change um, in a way that's beautiful and meaningful. Um, Even if I don't think I will personally revolutionize the world, I'm probably not going to invent the next Apple computer, but I can... We we wrote, you know, original poetry for this this segment. um, We did. And I think that creativity is beautiful and fun, and so I'm okay with that small bit of originality in the context of a long history. Yeah, I think... Yes, we disagree. I think we're going to disagree more on semantics than on substance. 
because uh, you you were talking at the at the very beginning of your yeah. answer about that like uh, remixing and and like subtle shading of ideas that have come before. I would define that kind of thinking as original thought. Like you don't have to invent the entire thought from scratch for it to be original. Your your unique perspective on a piece of artwork or on uh you know uh your you know unique thoughts uh you know reporting one of your life experiences or something those can be original um in the way that they differ sometimes very subtly from thought that has come before um without having to be just completely created a new ex nihilo, you know. That's a good phrase. It um, is a good phrase. The, the you lesson... can tell I went to college because I just spoke in Latin. <laughs> the lesson for our uh, podcast listener is defining your terms is always the, most, always the most important part of any debate. I think the other answer is Andrew and I could talk about this for probably two hours and might over lunch. All right. So, Micah, what is your favorite Disney princess? Hmm, I like this question. Um, Belle from Beauty and the Beast okay. um, is a real good choice. Like classic cartoon or like the more recent remake? Um, classic cartoon because I'm more familiar with it. Um, but I, I definitely enjoyed the more recent remake. Uh, Andrew, tell me your favorite Disney princess. So I feel bad because I, I knocked this movie just previously, um, but I think as a kid, um, for its for its Orientalist uh, undertones. But the uh, I was uh, Jasmine was my favorite Disney princess when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, or Mulan was also like Mulan's a big a really favorite of mine. Um, I really liked the songs, and mm-hmm. uh, I used to like sing "Make a Man Out of You" all the time. Andrew, you still sing Make a Man Out of You all the time. That's true. (laughs) Well, every podcast needs some sponsors. And since we're the one podcast, Audible has it sponsored. Please sponsor us, Audible. This episode is sponsored by... Improvised names. When you need a quick joke and don't have to remember it later, but definitely do, improvise your partner's name. Nothing could possibly go wrong. This episode brought to you by college students taking jokes and poems way too seriously since the establishment of college. (laughs) Which was like Athens (laughs) thousands of years ago. (laughs) Thank you for listening to us while walking your cat, having original thoughts, or what other more meaningful tasks you combined with this podcast. We would love suggestions for poem titles, questions, advice, and the sarcastic senior soapbox. Please send your suggestions to our team at the launch sequence podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter at launchseekpod. That's launch S-E-Q pod. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcast or whatever you're listening to this. Uh, it'll help us uh, get more listeners, and also it's great to know your feedback and if you're enjoying this. Our sound design and editing for the podcast was done by Mark Carlson, and our logo was designed by Izzy Mata. Until next time, I'm Andrew Olson. And I'm Micah Anthony, and this has been The, the Launch, Launch Sequence. Sequence.